Hey there, I'm Scott, and this is Tangents. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about compromise. And in particular, it's something that has been bugging me a lot about, um, well, Kirsten Cinema would probably be the worst offender of this, but it's, it's a pretty common thing among congressional Democrats, um, Joe Biden, a lot of and, and there's been a lot of talk of, you know, Kirsten Cinema has made this uh, compromise deal, blah, blah, blah. And you look at it, and in reality, it's really, like, it started out as a really nice, meaty thing. And then the compromised version basically cut out massive chunks. Compromise in giant air quotes. And it's, it's an interesting thing to me because it's kind of like the expertise problem where... You definitely don't want people to just automatically defer blindly to experts. Yeah. But at the same time, expertise means a lot. And you have to understand that, you know, there, it, if you're not an expert of certain things, you're not even equipped probably to properly evaluate them. You can't just have two people make the case for X and Y and then decide which is better. Uh, this is a big problem with climate change. It's a big problem with, um, you know, for a while there was a thing where people were anti-evolution and they were making these arguments. Uh, vaccines are a huge thing now. Like people who just don't have the background making really strong claims that are completely unfounded uh, based on terrible misunderstandings of things. I mean, the worst one there that I keep seeing is people saying that mRNA vaccines are um, gene therapy, which they absolutely are not. There is zero, zero, zero way to interpret them as such. They are expressing a gene using your, pro your, your cellular apparatus, but that's just what a normal uh, infection would do. And the mRNA is not going into your genes. It's not doing anything permanent. It, in fact, it's going to get chewed up very quickly by RNases, which are just everywhere. It's a ridiculous thing to even assert. And I got in a really fucking big argument with somebody who was just adamant about it. And it's like, you, you haven't even, you clearly, clearly haven't even taken an introductory biology course. Because if you knew anything about transcription and translation and gene expression and what it even means to, to have gene therapy, you would know this is an absurd thing. Um, so physical pain in my head there. But anyway, getting back to compromise. Compromise seems like a good thing. And I, I do think it actually is a thing to aspire to. If, if I want something and you want something else and we have different views or values on stuff, Finding an agreement from that disparate set of preferences is good. That's how you get things done. In fact, when Congress was less dysfunctional, that was kind of one of the big things. I mean, granted, there were earmarks and things like this that, uh, I guess earmarks are coming back, but they were able to sort of grease the wheels, so to speak. But compromise generally seems good. I have to square this with why does it bother me so much that cinema or, you know, the, for want of a better term, establishment Democrats 
are so interested in compromise. And, and I think the biggest thing fundamentally is not understanding what compromise is. Compromise is I have a position, you know, I have a set of desires, I have a set of expectations, I have a set of things that I find acceptable. You have another set and we find some kind of, not necessarily middle ground, but something where I give up some things, you give up some things, and together we get more than we would have had individually. That's kind of a compromise. And what we really have instead of that is the Democrats, uh, cinema being like the poster child of this, but it's a pretty common problem, not just for her. They see where they are. Um, they personally often don't even really seem to have any particular values or di you know desires or goals, uh, but they know their constituents do, and or you know people who are active, and then that is juxtaposed with where the Republicans are, which is you know like nothing essentially, uh, you know just cut taxes to zero, cut spending to you know well spending of course yeah it's it's an interesting thing that the Republicans are supposed to be. Somehow they market themselves as fiscally conservative. Um, historically, not at all. I mean, you know, it's, it's ridiculous how unconservative they are. They are extremely radical. And yet they, you know, I, I talk to people and they're very, like, the language is just so ingrained that I, I know people who, you know, it's like, oh, I'm fundamentally, I'm a conservative person. Well, you're fucking voting for the wrong party if you're voting for Republicans. I'm sorry. You know, they're not remotely conservative. Uh, in fact, they are, I would say, radical anarcho-capitalists. I've talked about that many times, but I think that's pretty much where they lay. And, you know, it's, it's, there's nothing conservative about that. And in any meaning of the term conservative, they're not conserving uh, the status quo. They're not conserving nature, our environment. They're not conserving anything. They're not being fiscally responsible. So even by their own metrics, you know, they're, they're not, they're failing at conservatism. So it annoys me even that they use that term and that people use it with them. Uh, it's another thing actually that is very, very frustrating that they are many, many things that I don't, don't like about them. Um, and this I don't like about them, but they're extremely good at finding a framing for things, at constructing a, a set of language, a vernacular that puts things in a way that even the people who are acting in opposition to them and who don't want the things that they want are essentially spreading their word because they're using their terms, which are extremely biasing inherently. Uh, the death tax you know, versus the estate tax. It's, I mean, it, there are lots of examples, like uh, all of the shit about freedom and versus, you know, like you have something where like, the, the concept of freedom is extremely confusing or confused, I would say. People's take on freedom seems to be, I can do whatever the fuck I want and fuck everybody else. And I think one of the best quotes about freedom is your freedom to swing your arm um, stops at my nose or to swing your fist. Um, I can't even remember the name of the justice that, that said that, but 
I think it's a pretty decent one. It's, it's not perfect, but you know, it, it is, it kind of gets to the essence of why absolute freedom to do whatever the fuck you want without consequence. And that's the other thing, like freedom does not mean freedom from consequence. Um, you know, I see people talking about vaccine mandates and people get totally incensed about them. It's like, you know, we're not saying you're gonna get held down and have something injected into you against your will. Although it's dumb as fuck that it would ever even possibly come to that. But what we are saying is that you have the choice. You can get vaccinated and participate in life, or you cannot get vaccinated and put yourself in a fucking hole and not participate in, in society or civilization until essentially the pandemic uh, winds down which is an indeterminate time in the future. I mean, it's not, yeah. And the reason for that, of course, is that we live in an environment where, you know, if you have 99 people driving responsibly and you have one person driving drunk and recklessly ignoring stop signs and lights and all this stuff, that one person's going to wreak havoc on the 99. It's not something that you can really I don't, I, I don't know how to even frame that in a way that's not just like absurd. Like obviously your freedom has constraints on it and those constraints come from the fact that your choices impact other people. And, and so you have this thing where it's like, I, I mean, the, the, just the way that people are opposed to things like mask mandates um it's it's just ridiculous and offensive the thing that kills me there and i i like i'm a relatively calm person i'm a relatively even keeled person i would say i'm a, actually a couple standard deviations from the norm there generally uh, i i listened to the slate political gab fest and yesterday i was listening to it i have i, I do notice um the general gestalt of, of the GabFest, the people that are on it, is sort of neoliberalism. So I, I didn't, before I really thought about it, I was probably, you know, would have lumped myself there a little bit, aligned more with it. But since I've reflected a lot and have kind of, you know, like seen where things are and how they go, I'm much, much more uh, opposed to that now than I once was. I don't think it's a good idea generally. But, you know, politically, these are people who would vote Democrat probably consistently, generally speaking, align with me much better than, than Republicans. But I'm listening to them talk, and especially like David Plotz. I like him in a lot of ways, but, you know, he's talking about how horrible masks are. And I'm like, motherfucker, you know, you're not helping the situation. And also, like, masks don't, I mean, I, I'm sorry, they're not that big of a fucking deal. The thing, like having a fucking mask on, yes, you do lose a little bit of nonverbal communication. But people, like our brains are very good at nonverbal communication. I can read people's body language when they're driving, you know? And I don't think I'm exceptional there. I think that's a standard thing that people can do. You can tell what someone's intentions are and what their mood is just from how they're driving. You can look at a car and you're like, that person's on their phone. That person seems drunk. That person is having a conversation with someone. That person's angry. That person's relaxed. That person's too relaxed. 
you know, you can see that. You can easily see, you know, your eyes, even like your body, your, your physically present. With that mask, it's not that big of a fucking deal. And every time I hear people talking about how much they hate it and how much of a, you know, how irritating it is to them, it's like, motherfucker, just chill the fuck out. You know, it's like, you know what's a bigger deal? Having, you know, like, being intubated is a big fucking deal. I, having people who can't be vaccinated get sick because your stupid ass couldn't wear a tiny little piece of fabric on your face. I mean, yeah, it's just like, oh, it annoys me. But anyway, rolling back to compromise. So what is, what is so annoying about compromise? Why do I think um, cinema, the Democrats and so on, are doing it so badly? Their compromise, their version of compromise is, and I started saying this, but I didn't get past you know, the, the basis. They have the thing that nominally one would hope that they would want. The Republicans have the thing that they want. And the Democrats, rather than going through the negotiation process and kind of saying, okay, you know, pulling a little bit, like negotiating, if you don't pull, the other person's pulling, you get pulled. Like it's not, it's not a complicated thing. If I get to, if I, if I assert my demands and you push back, not at all, that I get everything that I want. That's pretty much how it goes. And so the Democrats are actually not only not pulling, they're actually anticipating. They're like, well, the Republicans will never go for this. So we're just going to give it up before we're not even going to ask for it. It's like motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. It's like, it's my, it's my uh, mot de jour, I guess, because, uh, mot de jour. But it's like, that's not how fucking negotiation works. You have a position, you fight for that position, and you might even have some sacrificial things. You might even ask for more than you want, probably strategic, because if you do, then when you give up that stuff, you're closer to what you actually wanted. If you start where you think you could go, if you start with what you actually want, you're certainly not going to get it. And if you start, as they seem to consistently, with what you think you can get, you're going to lose even more from that. Um, it, it's like nobody is making an affirmative case for things that I think are just basic and obvious. I mean, like healthcare, universal healthcare in some form or another is the de facto standard of the world. Now, there are countries that don't have it, but these are primarily countries that are not our peer nations. And there are many different versions of universal healthcare, but pretty much anywhere else you go, uh, people don't have medical bankruptcy. Uh, per capita, even the bad ones don't pay as much as we do, uh, like a fifth of our GDP, uh, a fifth of, yeah, goes to healthcare. And yet, so we're spending a lot and we're spending, in fact, compared to some countries, like twice as much per person. Some countries, you know, like just one and a half times or 1.2 or 1.8 times, but we're spending a lot more. And by basically every measure, we suck. We're horrible. We have worse life expectancies that are decreasing. We have high infant mortality, high maternal mortality. Uh, we spend more, we get less. It's, it's just a shitty deal. 
Uh, it's one of the most frustrating things when I see the Tories trying to privatize the NHS because it's like, I mean, first off, the defunding everything. Defunding the police, massively controversial. To me, it seems like a complete no-brainer, by the way, because these are, every major city, the police force is getting order of a billion dollars. Sometimes a couple, sometimes like Phoenix, like 700 million or something, something that's not quite a billion, but you know, approaching a billion dollars. I say defund the police and people are like, oh my God, Scott, you can't say that. That's horrible. That is, nobody's going to go for Fuck you. Fuck you. These are people who defunded schools. <laughs> they had no fucking problem stripping education, stripping like environmental protections and things that benefit us all. And yeah, I mean, that shouldn't be a thing that's just a no-brainer, yet they're able to do it. Now you could argue, okay, the language is bad or what? I, I, I don't think so. I think part of the problem, part of the problem with this compromise shit is that people run away from defund the police and abolish the police. And so they're never gonna get that because they won't go with a slightly extreme position. Not that I think defunding the police is an extreme position. Abolishing, you could argue, a little bit extreme, although I think also not that extreme when you see what the fucking cops do. I mean, they, you know, consistently, even the air quotes good cops are bad. So I, I have a lot of problems uh, trying to claim that the cops really deserve to exist in anything like their current form. And certainly they don't need the fucking money and power and prestige that they get. They also certainly don't need to be our only, like, you know, something's wrong. What are you going to do? Call the cops. Uh, it doesn't need to be the only thing that you go to is somebody, some armed, heavily armored thug, um, arm of the state that can take people's liberty and kill people without consequence. Not the person you need to be calling when somebody has, uh, you know, a psychotic break or something, you know, or, or drug problems or things that really are fundamentally, you know, if somebody is suicidal, suicidal ideation, Right now, there's not a lot of options. Uh, people call the cops on somebody who, and, and then they get into the system and it's bad. There are other, you know, there are many things like that. Uh, it, if you look at it, I mean, like literally like 95% of what the cops are doing. Uh, and, and I've looked at many different, you know, big cities, small cities, pretty consistent. Um, about 95% of what they do has nothing to do with violent crime. Or maybe it's tangentially connected in a small percentage as well, but the bulk of it, nothing at all. Much of what they do does not need somebody with a gun. Much of what they do doesn't need somebody with body armor or no training at all in, uh, in mental health. Uh, you know, if there's domestic violence and you have armed thugs, now granted, then maybe people are getting violent, you, maybe you need some kind of, but even then, you're probably not helping things by sending, you know, the primary person, you know, maybe you have somebody who's armed as a backup there, but you send some cops who are not trained in this stuff and they're pretty much guaranteed to make things worse, not better. So I, I personally think um, running away from something like defund the police is part of the problem. If you say defund the police and you put your fucking flag in the ground and you say, this is where I stand, then 
you know, when somebody's pulling from that, first off, you know, it's a fucking flag in the ground. I, w- I want to defund the police. Now, if you, if you don't want to say abolish, again, I understand, but the Phoenix police could have, you know, a, a tenth of their current budget and still do plenty. They, they don't need, like literally all the times I see the cops out, they're either doing something which looks highly suspect. I see cops um, out unmasked in a pandemic, unvaccinated, of course, you know, like less than something like half. I think it was less, but I'll be generous. I'll say half of cops have actually been vaccinated and they were able to get vaccinated way before I could. It pisses me the fuck off. It's like you assholes had the ability to do it. People have to be around you. Like you, you know, you're out there talking to people and people can't exactly like run away from you. You probably shoot them. Um, and, and you're exposing people and you're putting people at risk. It's like, it's just, there's no defense of this. So yeah, I'm looking at that. I'm like, just, so this thing that cinema's doing, and cinema is a particularly egregious case because not only is she doing the pre-negotiation negotiation, the sort of, oh, I'm really savvy and I know where they're going to go and I know what they're going to accept, so I'm going to give up everything to begin with, um, which is dumb as fuck. Nobody who's negotiating negotiates this way. Nobody who has any skill at it, certainly. Um, yeah, if you give everything already before you even open, you get nothing to give up. But cinema is a step further because cinema doesn't really have any positions of her own. I'm, I'm completely convinced now that she basically exists entirely as almost like, uh, almost just pure id, just pure, like, um, I, I, I don't think she has any reason for being in, in public office other than she loves attention, probably likes being around money, likes getting people with money to give her shit, and you know, finds it gratifying. I, I don't see any other explanation. I've, I've not seen any kind of consistent, uh, coherent worldview there. And you know, I think it's pretty, it seems pretty clear to me, really, that she's just not got like, you know, I've got to go to Washington to fight for this. Uh, or to fight against that. I, I don't see any of that. It's just like there to get attention. And the frustrating thing is that these people, um, like the people on the GabFest, they're like, oh, well, you know, compromise is actually a very high-minded thing and it's a good thing that, you know, that people are trying to compromise and trying to reach. The, the problem is, yeah, that's kind of true. It's, it's like, the words that you're saying are not wrong, but you're application of them to the current situation is dumb. It's dumb. It is ignorant. It is just beyond misguided too. The the situation that we find ourselves in, you have nihilists who are anarcho-capitalists who just want to defund education and defund all kinds of things, except the military, got to put money in there and cut taxes at the same time, who are somehow allegedly fiscally responsible. That's one team. And then you have the other team who 
on paper at least should be trying to protect things, trying to do good things, trying to help people, trying to make the world better. Um, and yet they're giving up everything before and ultimately not doing that much. I mean, I, I think also, and this is one of the things that I find really just infuriating in the current situation is, well, first off, Trump versus W. Okay. Who's the worst president? I think there is an argument to be made that Trump was more dangerous and more of an existential threat to the future of our country. And I don't think that threat is, has abated. I think it's still out there. Uh, w certainly probably worse in terms of what he actually did though, because literally like you're talking a million Iraqi civilians, um, trillions of dollars, so many lives, so many, you know, injured, um, whether they're TBI or, um, you know, losing limbs, just serious injuries, uh, PTSD, all this kind of stuff. He did a lot of harm. And also like that freezing when he was told, um, we're under attack. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like plenty of people may freeze in that situation. Plenty of people don't need to be running the fucking country. Um, if you're the person that's running things, you should be in that situation. And maybe, maybe you do take a moment, slow as fast and all that. Take a breath, wind your watch and then respond. Whereas he got hit with this and he's like, and just kind of sat there like a moron. And it's just like, yeah, come on, come on. So who's worse? I don't know. Um, I, I do think there's a reasonable argument to be made that Trump is not the worst president. That being said, all of the things that he exploited are basically still there. Uh, the Democrats are in power and just in, in the Senate by a narrow fucking margin, literally a heartbeat away from losing that one. Um, you know, and they do that and it's probably going to be, that person will probably be replaced by a Republican. Or, you know, who knows? But you look at the situation and it's like, I don't know. It, it's infuriating because you have people who've talked about how bad Trump is for four years, doing nothing to stop him from running again. Easily, like, okay, maybe we couldn't have convicted him at the impeachment, but we sure as hell had a simple majority and that was all it took to prevent him from running for office again. Just bar him from it. Could have done it. Didn't do it. Why? Oh, it's no big deal. Uh, we have Breyer. And this guy, I mean, we already lost uh, fucking RBG's seat. And, you know, now granted, I understand we're 6'3", but we're on track to be 7'2". I mean, it, it does not seem that implausible that Breyer waits until after we no longer have a majority in the Senate. And then we have Senate Majority Leader McConnell, who's like, well, you know, we're two years from a presidential election. Gotta, gotta hold off on this one. Uh, we're not gonna approve your, uh, we're not gonna even have hearings. We're just gonna hold off. And then 7-2. And the worst part would be that potentially it could be somebody nominated by fucking Trump. Uh, if Trump runs in 2024, which it seems like he will, um, not really a lot of Republicans that are gonna be in a position to oppose him. In 2020, 
you know, he, I mean, he did lose, but he came fucking close. He got more, I mean, I see people talking about like, oh, Biden got more votes than anyone in history. And or Hillary got more votes than, you know, you see this, it's like, well, yeah, the population's growing. As a percentage, maybe not. But total numbers, it's a weird game to play to focus on the number instead of the percentage, but never mind that. Fucking Trump got a shit ton of people. And this is Trump. And yeah, I mean, we pulled that one out, but just barely. Uh, depressingly, you know, like with fucking Biden, who's a raging piece of shit. I mean, like right now there's a recall election for Gavin Newsom in California. And the people, like there's no viable Democrat to replace him, which seems strategically horrible and dumb. And the Republicans are all just terrible. And so potentially you could very easily have a Republican governor in California um, post-recall. Like Newsom needs to be removed and not be governor, but you certainly can't recall him now because it, it, what, what a shitty choice. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to get hung up on that, but I want to, just coming back to, um, oh, actually, I do want to talk about something really quickly. Um, so something good actually happened in New York. Um, this is a, yeah, good being relative, but uh, the governor, yeah, kind of piece of shit. Uh, also a Democrat. It's annoying how many Democratic piece of shits there are. You know, it's like DeSantis or somebody, you're like, okay, he's a piece of shit, but he's a Republican. At least that's, that's fine. It's not fine, but you know, you kind of expect it. Uh, but these fucking Newsom and Cuomo, you're like, you people suck. You fucking suck ass. And you're supposed to be the good guys. Now, Cuomo, the thing that's excruciating there is just, I knew, you know, I'm, I'm not like hyper attuned to these things, but I knew he was a shithead a year ago, probably more. And, you know, all of these things that finally came out in this report were not new. I mean, I guess there was one thing that was even worse and new, but most of it was just known. And people were defending him. People were like, oh, I'm a, you know, the homosexual thing. It's like, okay, dude, dude, dude like, what the fuck? Like, what the, what the, what the fuck? So anyway, I, it, it's good that he's resigned at least, but the situation, I do still hope he, um, I mean, he's apparently got like something like $24 million in campaign money, uh, just sitting in an account. So he could run again, um, or he could give it to people that are in his favor, you know, I mean, who knows what. Uh, I hope he gets fucking impeached still, despite resigning. Although, I assume part of the reason he resigned is that he made an agreement with some people. He's like, you know, we're going to impeach you. You should probably resign. Uh, so we don't. And if we, if you do resign, we won't impeach you. I, I feel like that's probably the agreement. Um, I, I would have rather he not resigned and just got impeached personally, but uh, that's me. Um, but if he does then he can't run again. And if he doesn't, then he can run for fucking office again. And people are so fucking dumb that they could easily support him again. It's the same shit with Trump. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, it annoys the hell out of me that, and I, I do think part of it is similarly that the Democrats are not, uh, you know, you have Biden, 
Now, Biden is not Trump. Biden is not nearly as bad as Trump. But I do remember the audacity of the grope, uh, the Daily Show thing from, I don't know, 2015 or so. And you watch it and Samantha Bee and uh, John Stewart are sitting there showing you this stuff and it's cringy. It's super cringy and uncomfortable. And people are like, oh, he's just touchy. He's like, oh, that's just how guys are. Like making excuses for him. You do that kind of stuff and then you have no, I, I see people saying like, oh, well, the Democrats always get, our, whenever we have somebody who's bad, they always get taken out by it and the Republicans don't. It's like, well, part of it probably is that you don't have fucking high ground to stand on because, okay, you have fucking Cuomo, you have fucking Biden in your, and then you start talking about Kavanaugh and Trump and people look at that and not unreasonably go like, well, you're just being cynical. Like, obviously you don't really care about this shit. It's one of the most infuriating things about uh, the Kavanaugh thing. Uh, people talked so much about how bad he was, and I totally agree. Uh, one of the deciding factors when I finally did vote for cinema, which I'm never doing again, uh, was that she finally, after having her teeth pulled on the subject, said she would not vote to confirm him. And the fact that it took so much effort to get her there uh, fucking sucks and rings a really negative bell in my mind, but she said it. So I was like, okay, I can justify to myself doing this. But yeah, he's a piece of shit. But then you run fucking Biden. I mean, this is a plagiarist who should have been, should not have had a political career after around 1988. And, and yet was vice president and then president. At a certain point, like, I don't know how you can, yeah, how can you sit there and say like, oh, well, Trump is so awful. Yeah, Trump is a raging piece of shit. He's a just dirt bag, but so is your fucking guy. And even though your guy is not as bad as Trump by any means, it's not that hard for people who aren't paying attention to just kind of lump them together and say they're equally bad. And, you know, when you have that, it's fucking, you know. So it, it annoys the hell out of me. The people that are out defending Cuomo and they seem to have finally finally tapered off on this, although still you see some, and it's just like, uh. so man, uh, DeSantis is uh, opposed to mask mandate, opposed to vaccine mandates, all those kind of stuff, and he's out apparently setting up clinics to do, um, to do monoclonal antibodies, which are much more expensive. Now they work, they're very good, they're they're probably probably the reason that Trump is still alive, honestly. But they're very expensive, uh, and if people are freaked out about you know mRNA being experimental, monoclonal antibodies are a little bit more cutting edge, I would say. I mean, it's not genetic material in RNA format, but uh, you know, it's it's definitely not the the like least kind of novel thing in the world. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just so dumb that, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I was, if I had COVID and I wasn't vaccinated, I'd want the fucking man, you know, load me up. But it just makes you wonder, like, does the guy have, um, 
does he have stock in the company? Is he, you know, like what is his incentive to do this? Or is it just that he doesn't want people to die on his watch? So rather than doing the correct thing, which would be mandate, you know, even just fucking allowing, but especially actually mandating masks, mandating vaccines, and then, you know, that would be easy. Instead of that, it's like, well, eh, you can go drive drunk, but if you do, we're gonna have like the, you know, the state of the art, uh, just emergency trauma team right out there, ready to pick you up and put you back together. Cause that makes a lot more sense than wearing your fucking seat belt and driving reasonably and stopping for lights and things. Uh, but that anyway, just annoys the shit out of me. So I think I stumbled upon while I was talking a minute ago, another aspect of this compromise thing that I do want to tease apart because I think the the aspect with cinema is a huge problem and I that was the thing that I wanted to talk about today but I also think like this compromise thing where you know that there are people who were deriding certain people for saying oh you can't have a litmus test you can't have a litmus test well yeah I, if you don't have a litmus test then how like basically it's saying you can't have standards if you don't have standards, how can you expect anyone else to have standards? If you have no standards, how can you expect anyone else to be held to standards? Um, if you're sitting there saying like, there are certain things that we're just gonna be like, you know, okay, he's doing the weird creepy shoulder thing and the hair sniffing and all this shit, uh, but we're gonna, we're gonna let that pass because, you know, I don't know, some bullshit about socialism or something. Uh, which incidentally was the dumbest fucking shit. I, I, the fact that, like, I, I literally saw somebody yesterday who I hope it was just a bot or an idiot, but saying, you know, like, how is it, how is it that people are talking about Biden like he's a commie because he's obviously not? It's like, are are you fucking dumb? For since FDR, every fucking Democrat has been called a communist, has been like this, this has just been the thing, socialism, ooh. That's just been the thing that Republicans do. Not expecting that makes me question your intelligence and your ability to, yeah, I, I mean, it's one of these things where I'm, I saw it coming and I'm not claiming to be super intelligent or perceptive or knowledgeable there. I'm just claiming that like anyone with a functioning prefrontal cortex shouldn't see that shit coming. And if you didn't, you should get your head checked out, you know, get some, go in for an MRI. I was going to say NMR, that makes sense. It is an NMR, but you know, anyway, but you know, go in for an MRI, get some EEG stuff done and like see what's wrong with your head. Because if you didn't see that coming, you're dumb. You're like, there's something just wrong with you. Um, and then you think about like all of this shit, like, the fact that I am convinced, honestly, like the reason that Trump did as well as he did and that Biden just barely scraped through was that, I mean, as bad as Trump was, people could look at the two and kind of go like, well, Biden's not that much better. Whereas if you had Bernie there, you know, ooh, actual socialism. Uh, first off, you get the benefits of that. You get uh, student loans being waived. You get free education and healthcare. You get to join the rest of the developed world. Um, 
you know, you, you get all the good things that we don't have and that people here think are just like insane unicorns, uh, pooping rainbows kind of things to ask, which are just standard at the rest of the world. Um, you get those things. Now, yeah, they're going to call him a socialist, but they're going to call fucking Biden a socialist. They're going to call Obama a socialist. They're going to call Hillary a socialist. Like, how many times do you have to fall for this trick? You know, if you're Charlie Brown and that football's there and it keeps getting pulled out of your way, the first couple of times, okay, right? And then at the 10th or 20th time when you fall for it again, like, what, what is wrong with you? It's on you, you know? So this compromise thing, I mean, I, I do think it's like, well, I, I have mixed feelings on the primary, the primary op opponent of cinema last time uh, was Deidre, Deidre Aboud. I like her. I am a fan. I voted for her. I did a little campaigning for her. Pretty easy, like, things to do. Um, very compelling in terms of, like, the amount of effort that she put in. And, you know, I, I would talk to people, Democrats, specifically, I, I talked to a lot of people, but the people that I talked to mostly about it were Democrats. And they're like, oh, well, I like Deidre, but, you know, huge but, uh, you know, the, the people in this, or in this state are so racist or they're so racist, she's white and from Arkansas, but uh, they're so uh, Islamophobic, basically, is what they were trying to say, that blah, blah, blah. So it's interesting to me, like this, I'm not a racist, but those people are, so we're not even going to give them the chance to be racist, and I'm going to preempt it for it. Like, at a certain point, if you're preempting somebody else's racism with your own, or, you know, bigotry, you're the fucking bigot. You know, I'm sorry, like, I understand you think you're, you know, above it all, uh, but you never gave those people a chance. You, you simply said, like, they're too far, um, so we're not going to do it. I think this is why Deidre lost, honestly. And, you know, Deidre's not perfect, but I, I think she'd have been a damn sight better than cinema. And I do think she could have won the state. Um, and I also, like, you know, this, this whole compromise thing is like, I'm not a blah, blah, blah. I'm trying, I, I mean, the problem is fundamentally, and this is a weird kind of compromise because it's, you're going to compromise yourself and your principles based on your perception of where other people are and who you think is more air quotes electable and things that you have no way of knowing and things which you have, I would say, definitively demonstrated you have zero to negative insight into. Um, yeah, I mean, like the people who thought Trump, if you thought in 2016 that Trump could not win, honestly, like just don't fucking try to come up with, you know, your strategy and your deep game theory on like how this is going to play out and all of this. You don't know. Now, I don't know either, to be fair, but I have a little bit more insight than the person who's like, oh, I, there's no way he's going to win. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like, do you not talk to people? Do you not, like, what, what is wrong with you? Do you not see the situation that we're in? And... I don't know, it, it bothers me quite a lot, actually, that people keep making these, you know, I, I think, um, I, I have a weird thing to say here, actually, because 
I like 538. I like certain things about the modeling that they do. I like lots of stuff about, and I do think they did a better job than most people. But, but Nate Silver is kind of the poster child, or I guess not the, there are many poster children for it now. Uh, but Dunning-Kruger is like the disease of our time, uh, much more so than COVID. And he's right up there with um, like Neil deGrasse Tyson and God, um, what is that guy's name? The, the meme guy. So terrible. I'm, I'm, names do not come to me very quickly sometimes. It's really annoying. Dawkins. You know, there, there are certain people like these who um, just really don't seem to understand their domain of expertise. And they, they venture very far from it. But they have the assurance that comes from being within their domain of expertise. And so they're talking about stuff that they know nothing about, but with a certitude of stuff that they have studied, you know, for decades. And it's really bad because first off, people listen to them and they speak in declarative ways with a ton of confidence and people aren't, kind of, I mean, you know, and I include myself in this, people are fucking dumb. Like if you sit there and you act a certain way, you act certain of something, people will buy it. Even if it's something that's obviously not true, if you have somebody acting in a certain way and you know just tons of confidence, people will see that, they'll attach to it, and they'll just assume that person's right. Even, even if like you see something in the video going, like everybody's walking one way and one person's doing the other thing, people will see that and they'll follow them. It's, it's a weird bit of human nature. And I'm sure it's just like a, um, a sort of shortcut for, you know, sometimes if you spent the time to actually evaluate the situation rationally, you'd probably get eaten by the lion before, uh, you know, like everybody else is running, I'd better run. They look like they know what they're doing. I'm just going to stick with them because they probably do. Um, and that, you know, that's probably evolutionarily advantageous. Doesn't work so well in a complex civilization where, you know, people are full of shit. You know, people are actively lying to you. But anyway, um, I do think I'm going to have to wrap. So this compromise thing, I'd probably return to it at some point. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I, I think if you, if you're willing to compromise your principles, you don't have principles. And th I think that's one of the, the key things that I would, would pull from that. Uh, if you're trying to find a compromise deal with somebody and you're making the compromises before they even ask for anything and you're not doing any kind of tug of war, um, that's also bad. That's not good. It's not, not a great thing. Compromise in terms of like, I want certain things and you want certain things and we want to kind of work together and find a amicable solution. You know, maybe neither one of us is like super happy about it, but at least it's better than what we had. And it's, it's good. That kind of compromise is good. And I wish people would be a little bit more delicate when they're looking at these kinds of situations and tease that apart. And sort of say like, you know, okay, is this, you know, is this the thing that's just got me like, oh, it sounds good. What cinema says, if you just read the stuff that cinema says about compromise and how 
you know, this is how politics is supposed to work. It's like, yeah, it sounds good. It actually, I, I will totally tell you, it sounds good. And it would make a lot of sense if, you know, you were completely ignorant of, say, the last 50 years of electoral politics and you knew nothing about where people are or like how any of this stuff plays out or what she does or what they do or you know, any of this stuff. Uh, if you knew nothing about that stuff and you were extremely dim, then yes, it sounds great. Um, when you start factoring other things in, eh, it's not so great. So anyway, with that, uh, thank you. Compromise in the right way. Don't compromise in the bad ways. Um, say Jen.